bitchinpigeons.com. <laughs> Bitchin' Pigeons. Bitchin' Pigeons. And I'm going to put Bitchin' Pictures of Pigeons up. One do after it. another after another. Yeah, I'm totally going to do it. A great blog. I know. So. It's also really fucking hot in here, by the way. No, so I, 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 there's like less of a difference than I realized because it depends also on where you're at in the Bay Area, even like because San Francisco might not get hotter than like 70, but you go slightly inland and it's 90 there, and it's like you know, huh. and it's comparable to what the weather is here. So I don't think it's it's California. I don't know. It's just that's weird. And like I <clears throat> thought it was always warmer in SoCal. Like yeah. all year round. That's what I imagine. And it's really not. Like when we moved here in March, it was still like 60, 50 degrees on a lot of days that I was just like, I didn't even thought that. I didn't even think that happened. For some reason, I just always thought, oh, it's so nice and warm there all the time. And yeah. it's like not, not when it's not summer. Like it still gets down to like 55, 60 degree days. Oh, wow. I think New York definitely has clearly delineated seasons um it's been pretty nice lately like 70s today it's 74 yeah i yeah. love the uh the new the new pride face and now it yeah i got the it, band it too. oh yeah you did that? yeah oh, yeah i got the new band nice because i like how it lines up with the lines when you have i don't have the i have the analog face right now which oh yeah yeah i got the up, circle but, but yeah you can get those straight lines that, the one, the straight lines are cool because it lines up with the colors on the band just perfectly. Oh, nice! Like, that's so cool. It's like this perfect combination of hardware and software just working together beautifully. Beautifully, I like that. Yeah, I I um, like a lot of the the different colors and stuff they have. Like I I think I was texting you about they've got this. Um, it's called Hyper Grape or something. It's one of the cloth bands. Oh, I really want yeah. it, but you know, like each of these bands are like fifty bucks or so. So I'm not gonna like. Yeah. spring on an impulse if they were if they were twenty dollars i would have so many of them i think they would make more money because you know i would have like three three twenty dollar bands instead of one fifty dollar band right i yeah i think they would too but you know that's never been apple's thing to like try and make more money by lowering the cost yeah that's never their approach <laughs> their, their approach instead um, is make a ten thousand dollar machine and, <laughs> yeah, and find exactly. someone Let's to sell see. it to <laughs> yeah or my favorite part. Oh, did you hear about this in the announcement that the 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 the, the XDR display, which is the stupidest name ever, by yeah. the way, um, because it's HDR, but it's extreme. extreme. We have taken this way beyond high dynamic range. This is extreme dynamic range or XDR, and so we call this display the Pro Display XDR. It's the stupidest thing because. Uh, it's not only the name. I mean, the name is just the first part of why it's so stupid. Um, so I'm sure it's a great panel, and it and it and it looks it looks nice. It looks like it's really nice and stuff. But then they announced that the stand to put it on is a thousand dollars, and it doesn't just come with it. Also, what was wrong with the boot? The cinema display 
is the standard at, for any design job. That's what we have. And it's so funny, like all the companies, you know, you hold on to the cinema display because you can't buy them anymore. Right. Um, but we love them. And uh, I don't know, as a designer, at least, it's not like I need to like, you know, move it around, up, down and rotate it or any of that. And right. if I did, that would be the scenario where I go out and I buy a, a custom arm. Why didn't they just like, build a display that you could like that comes with a stand? That doesn't make sense. Um, oh man, I'm just really like confused about that because I was like, okay, and, and and you should see. And in, did you watch the keynote at all? By the way, yeah, yeah, I watched the whole keynote, and they're describing it. and I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! I'm gonna buy it. And then they said and the then, price, yeah. And oh, when they like, said oh, the shit. price, the funny part is the, you could hear the audience like murmuring, and so there was no yeah, clapping at the price. They're like, "And this stand will be a thousand dollars," and everybody's like, "What? What?" <laughs> I know. The Visa mount adapter will be one ninety nine, and the Pro stand nine ninety nine. And like the Mac Pro, they'll all be available in the in the fall. So that is a new Mac Pro and Pro Display XDR. Oh my God! But I'll, like, um. What, what I could just buy um, the brand new iMac with a 5K display built in. Right. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait like, a second. So that that you buy a stand that has the monitor built in <laughs> instead of buying the monitor with a stand built in. Right. Anyway, oh no, it's not built in though. That's the problem. <laughs> anyway. No, no. I mean the iMac is all one thing. No, I know. I'm saying it comes. You don't pay extra for the display. Oh no no no! Yeah, you don't pay extra for the stand with the iMac. It's all part of it, and that's why and I it's feel all, like it's already over 4K, right. which is you know better than my my not so my year old uh, 4K TV, which is beautiful. Yeah, um, I can't imagine more than 4K. Also, on a smaller screen, real estate, right? Like you don't need that. I don't know. So uh, I I don't know if you can. I'm hopefully you can't hear my lovebird in the background. She's downstairs. She's chirping very loudly. Oh yeah. And um, I th I think I heard uh, one one occasional chirp. So hopefully you won't hear it too badly in the recording because she just goes crazy sometimes. But it's I just thought of this. It'd be interesting to actually talk about what happened with Lily. Huh. Oh yeah yeah. Because this blows my There's mind. There's so much to talk about. We're talking about, there is a lot to talk about, but like we're just talking about technology and Apple and the, the XDR display and all this. And, and I mean, really, really, when I think about it, like technology is amazing and we take it all so much for granted. I mean, just at work the other day, we're sitting around and uh, I was complaining about my MacBook Pro as I do. I complain about it a yeah. lot. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, man, it's just, it, it, it's like it's crashing every so often. It's just so. Uh, and somebody in the room said, yeah, you'd think like all this stuff would just work perfectly. And I was like, no, actually, actually, you would think none of it would work at all. Like, <laughs> like this is friggin insane. Like, how is any of this work? How are light bulbs even work? Like, it's just insane that we figured this out. And we've so, got a consistent flow of electricity. Yeah, I, I know. But like the fact that we invented all these things, even the most basic of things, I couldn't invent it. Like, there's no way. So. I'm sitting here just amazed by it all. And, and I was like, and look at us here, sitting here going, oh, but our magic boxes don't work once a day. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it craps out on us. But anyways, oh, I was talking about technology and Apple and, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And, but, but there's another aspect that just blows my mind, and that's um, what we can do with, like, <sighs> living things. Like, it's crazy. Like, so Lily... 
<laughs> what do you mean? Here's what I mean. <laughs> like, uh, what was it now? A couple months ago, I, I went over to um, Lily's cage and I was just, you know, going to take care of her like I normally do, give her more food or whatever. I don't know what I was doing. Go over to her cage and she's like, one of her legs was just not working. It was just limp. It was not working at all. Aww. And I was like, what did you do? This is, you know, like it doesn't work. And um, <clears throat> I, I got her out, and sure enough, like her leg was just like it, it just wouldn't work. So I, I was. You do expect legs to work. You on do a expect. Basis. It's amazing. I I'm surprised legs work at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> How uh, amazing is that? No. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and I thought, oh no, this is like this is serious. This is really bad. I mean, lovebirds, if you're not familiar, are very very small birds. <laughs> They're very small creatures. So I immediately the next day call the vet, get her in. Um, they did x-rays on her, and they found out she broke her femur. Actually, they later found out she shattered her femur. Um, Dang. Which is, like, right by her hip. Like, it's like her whole leg was just completely out of commission. Oh, my God. And so <clears throat> the, the first thought... And, you know, if she were in the wild and this had happened, she'd probably die eventually. Maybe I mean, if you think about that, it, I mean, could she like go get food and stuff, like hop around and eat the seeds and? Yeah, I mean, she could. She could probably, but her leg would never work again. Is the point? Like yeah. at, at best, her leg would never work again. Maybe she wouldn't live. You know, who knows? So I'm thinking, oh gosh, okay. So they they recommended, well, we got to get her in for surgery, um, and see if we can put a pin in her leg to like help connect the bone together. And and the doctor. I ended up like this is the first time I met this doctor because we had just moved to LA, so I was finding a you know good place to bring them. And this guy is kind of slightly crazy, but in a good way. You know, like he's just like Doctor House, but of animals. <laughs> like he just rattles off things a mile a minute, and he's like trying to draw me a diagram of everything. And I'm just like, okay, first of all, I feel pretty good. I got the right guy. Yeah, <laughs> like this guy's nuts, but it makes me feel good because you know couple... your your neurosis is inspiring extreme confidence. Yeah, no, I'm thinking this guy knows what he's doing. So he's like, no, he actually thinks you know the surgery would be best. And so I was like, okay, mind you, by the way, this is a whole other layer of this. We have pet insurance, which I'll get around to in in a bit. Oh yeah, but we were only paying like a hundred dollars a year for it, which I didn't know how much pet insurance is supposed to cost. So I thought that was all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, <laughs> right. So I said, fine, get her in for the surgery. I, I'm sure pet insurance will kick in and cover most of it or whatever. They get her in. Everyone's for downfall. I'm sure the insurance will kick right. in. I know. <laughs> uh, they get her in for, but by the way, looking back at it, I would not have done it any other way. Like, it's not like you have a choice. I didn't think I had a choice. I mean, maybe people have a choice. You could have your lovebirds like Which is why our work. healthcare system is the way it is. Right. Um, so anyway, I, we did the surgery, which by the way, he was explaining to me, it's, it's, there's not too much of a risk, um, from his perspective. He was saying he's got like an 85, 90% success rate with surgeries on these little tiny birds, which by the way is crazy to me because, wow. um, they have to put little anesthesia masks on their <laughs> face and, <laughs> and, you know, they have to be unconscious and everything. And I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh. So he he gets through the surgery and uh puts the pin in and uh obviously you don't see results right away or anything, but I was just amazed. And it's so small too. It's so I small. I mean, the leg itself is small. I can't imagine how small the pin is cuz the pin has to go in the leg. Yeah. 
So he, he gets through the surgery, which, by the way, at that time, that's right, I got to put myself back in that time. At that time, I thought, holy crap, he just put this little tiny bird under for however long he needed to while he opened up her leg, put a pin in there, was able to see the bone and everything because he was explaining what it looked like to us. And she came out of it fine. <laughs> like that's that in and of itself wow. is crazy to me that she came out of the anesthesia and she she was fine afterwards. It's like wow. So five days later, Lily decides, okay, I'm done with this pin and pulls it out. Just pulls it right <laughs> out of her leg. I didn't even know that would be a thing she could do. I thought there'd be more pain. Oh my god! But she just pulled it right out. So we freaked out because it was supposed that's, to be. That's in. why they put the the cones on dogs. Yeah, you know? I know. Well, they could because the animals they'll just pick at it. They could do that with birds, apparently, but that that doesn't really <laughs> work as well. So yeah, I um, I freaked out. We took her in immediately to get her into the to the doctor, and uh, he said, "Well, you know, <laughs> that's what he leveled with us." And he was like, "I got to be honest, that surgery was so hard. I was sweating bullets the whole time. She's such a little bird." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, gotta be honest. Like, <laughs> We're lucky it worked the first time. He's like, yeah, he's like, it was such a hard surgery. Oh my god! It's <laughs> like I it's sweat and bullets. He did. He literally oh said sweating bullets all the time. So I was like, uh, okay, well, I'm glad you know that worked and everything. But but he's like, but hopefully the pin, you know, he he checked out her her leg again and he said, well, that pin did its job for the five days it was in. So he <laughs> okay, he so bandaged it, it, he bandaged it up like the leg and he said i want this bandage to stay on until june 1st so that was that would that was like i don't know three weeks or something yet that the bandage had to remain on and it was like yeah. a week or two we were a week away from our appointment one week away from our appointment to have the bandage officially removed and we go check on lily and she had pulled her whole bandage off oh man <laughs> so once again we freaked out we got her in right away but uh, but I have to be honest though. Now, like after our appointment with him and we uh, and everything else, like she looks great. Like her, you would never tell. You could never even notice anything was wrong. Wow! And he and did. She, the, she can move around okay. Yeah, and... it's like nothing wow. ever happened. And I'm sitting here going, she is so small. She her leg was shattered. Like the bone he said was shattered. He was like very not optimistic that it was gonna like. You know, but but once I guess the bandage, you know, got on there and the, the the pin and everything. I guess once it connected the bone, he said all it needs to do is just touch, just touch, and it will just fuse and it's it's good. His wow. birds heal that's, really that's fast. That's cool. So that's my other story of like holy crap. I wish crap. our computers would self heal. I know. Yeah, that's too bad we haven't figured that out. I know. Um, but anyway, that's that's my story of how amazing it is that we're able to do anything for such a small bird like that. Yeah. It's crazy. And the surgery was, how much was it? $2,200. Oh, my God. And insurance paid $480 of it. Jesus. So I don't think we're going to, we're going to probably not have that insurance anymore. So yeah, just uh, FYI, if you're thinking about pet insurance, double check what it covers and what you'd get out of right. it. Right. I mean, uh, we have two cats, and um, when we took them in for... I'm trying to remember if it was for a problem or just a regular checkup, but <clears throat> the story is the same. We we saw some promotions for pet insurance that that particular vet accepts, and I was flipping through the brochure thinking, yeah, okay, you know, I've got insurance. It's it's not a bad idea. Um, and I was trying to add it up, and I, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like 30 bucks 
30 to 50 bucks a month per cat. We've got two of them, so that'd be, you know, I don't think they charge you exactly the same, but, you know, I'd be looking at like 80 bucks a month, a month. for this insurance. And so I, I, you know, I multiply that out for the year. And the the pet visit that we had, trying to think, ended up being about 300 bucks because they had to do blood and a urine test and all that stuff. And so the lab, that stuff take is a lot more. The visit itself is usually like 60 to 100 bucks just to see the vet. Um, anyway, long story short, just the numbers didn't add up. Like even if I paid a whole year for insurance, went in and the insurance pays for cent of it, I don't, it's not going to pay for all of it anyway. Right. Um, I'm still at a loss. So (laughs) yeah, I'm better, I'm better off not paying for the insurance and you know, maybe I should be more responsible about it, but I mean, they're, they're cats. They're fine. Uh, I don't take them in for an annual checkup. Like I go in for an annual physical. Uh, I feel like a vet, you know, although they want you to take them in frequently is really, it's more like something's wrong with the pet. And so then, you know, you take them in in that scenario. Right. Um, so unless you're taking them in like twice a year for checkups or it's got a chronic problem, the insurance is really not worth it. By the way, I just had an idea for another possible podcast uh, idea that you just huh. said. You said long story short. That could be the uh-huh. name of a podcast. And you could just tell a really long story and then at the end go long story short and then sum it up to the point <laughs> where you wouldn't have had to hear the whole thing before it. And then and then everyone will just fast forward to the end for the yeah, short Everyone version. just get really mad every at, at every episode. Like I just wasted yeah. an hour on something that you were able to shorten down to five minutes. <laughs> Hold on for a second while I switch to the other AirPod. Oh, okay. Because this one is low battery. That's amazing. Th- those things get low battery so quickly. Oh, it didn't connect. Oh, there we go. By the way, speaking of um, uh, gadgety equipment and stuff, you have a new mic. Yeah. Um, I've got this. I've been waiting for months. So... We've been doing this podcast, and I had another one um, on. I don't know where it went. I think I put it away <clears throat> on this USB mic. It's fifty bucks on Amazon, and I was looking at that or the Yeti, which is a hundred bucks. And um, so I, I really wanted to upgrade now that we're doing more of these episodes. And I was gonna get the Yeti because I just assume that's like the best podcasting microphone. That's what uh, Mike has for his show. And it, it does sound really great. It's really full bass. Yeah, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. No, it doesn't. Uh, if if anything, and this is this is where you get into the personal preference territory, it's a little too much bass. Um, but of, as I do, uh, drives Mary crazy. Whenever I am embarking on a purchase that's $100 or more, I just research the hell out of it. So I was watching countless YouTube videos. I don't know if you've seen it where they do these microphone reviews and these guys that got the set and like, this is microphone one. This is microphone two. Oh, this is microphone one. And then, and then they have like the spec, spectral graph on the screen and everything. That, um, by the way, is in a nutshell how I try to make all of my decisions. Constant A-B comparisons until... <laughs> Like, it drives everyone freaking nuts. <laughs> See, I have a threshold. I don't, you know, if it's like 20, 50 bucks, whatever, I'll just grab it. Like, the last microphone I had, I was like, yep, seems good enough. Yeah. Like, it's not trash, and it's not pro. So, you know, fine. I'm okay spending 50 bucks. But anyway, long story short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> um, I, I saw some people talking about the Rode pod mic and I had kind of admired Rode from afar as like this kind of a prestigious brand for microphones. And um, uh, anyway, this one was in the $100 price range. So I think it's 150 retail, but right now they're out for 100 And I got super excited. I went online. I pre-ordered it after watching a bunch of reviews about it. And it's it wasn't released. I hadn't even manufactured it yet. So wow, this is like this is like four four or five months ago, and it just came in literally last weekend, um, or uh, no Friday, I don't remember Thursday or Friday. And so I'm pretty excited to to play with it. This will be our first episode using it. Um, it's surprisingly quiet, and so you know we were talking about this earlier. I got to figure out if that's the interface. Maybe it's just the microphone. Quite as fine, but what, from what I've listened to people on YouTube saying, you know, if you set your microphone too quiet, you know, to get rid of this background noise, and then in post you increase the volume, that means any little tiny bit of noise is is then going to be amplified. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. It's a uh, yeah, you don't want to do that either. So it's it's kind of hard because if you but if you boost it when you're recording it, then you could get noise that way too, obviously. I, I think you just like if you run some noise e- reduction or something yeah. on it after the fact, that helps too. But yeah. but yeah, no, I think it's um you sent me some demos of it. I can't hear it right now as we're recording because of our janky recording setup here. Right. <laughs> but but uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we'll see. Um uh, but you sent me some demos that sounded really good, so I think that's good. And I'm still on my high L P R forty that I have here. Yeah, I mean that one's nice, but that's like what two hundred or more. Yeah, it's like two fifty. It might actually be more than that, but it depends on where you get it. You can sometimes get some decent deals. Yeah, I mean, I would, I'd probably do something like that if we in any way made money from this podcast. But right, well, <laughs> for for a hobby, I kind of cut myself off at a hundred bucks. That makes sense, and I think that will be a fine mic. I have, you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's pretty weighty too which makes it feel legit i I don't think weight has anything to do with sound quality (laughs) (laughs) but in all of the unboxing videos they're like oh wow this thing it does weigh like two pounds i think it's like solid metal and then the like i don't know we call this little mesh around the microphone that's like super solid it doesn't give any oops i touched it um so yeah it's, it's pretty cool that's good but anyway I wanted to rewind thinking about this this microphone that I got like I don't know back in February. Uh, you haven't been on the show in ages. Our show, I know. You you kind of you kind of ditched it, and then and I've trying to been backfilling with some of my other interesting friends. But um, you were uh, when you were last on the show, living in San Francisco, working for Twit. Um, right. Do you do you want to give like a recap? Of, yeah. <laughs> montage of of what's been going on since then and 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 why you haven't been on <laughs> yeah it, it's it's been really crazy so our last episode i think i was on the show last in october and there was like smoke in the air and it was crazy i mean the world was burning it was insane california burn Um, yeah. And that, that felt like forever ago because so much has changed. So I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area then. I was working for Twit, as you mentioned. Um, 
And I just decided to write... I had been listening to Unqualified with Anna Ferris, that podcast, and I decided to write them feedback because every now and then, like, I like to, you know, submit feedback if there's something I'm listening to a lot or something like that and just hope maybe I get a response or, or who knows. Yeah. So I wrote them feedback and I happen to mention in there that I work in the industry myself. And so it's fascinating for me to hear them banter about the the industry when they get into so that. In in the episode, I guess you, you didn't mention, but whatever you were listening to, it, is this a podcast about podcasting or? No, 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 it actually wasn't. It's a pod, Unqualified is just like an advice podcast. And they were okay. in ad reads, they were talking about, they, they were kind of being transparent about something. I forget what it was exactly. Um, they, they broke that fourth wall. Occasionally from time to acknowledged. time. Acknowledged. Yeah, they shed some light on their work in the industry and what then how it all comes yeah the product whatever they they shared enough info that i was like oh that's kind of interesting to hear about so i i, I wrote yeah. in my feedback about that and said that you know i work in the industry myself told them where i worked in the bay area and the next thing i knew i was getting an email back that was asking if i wanted to work freelance for them and i was like holy that's crap cool. that's really cool yeah i totally would yeah. want to do that so um I, I did a few things here and there just remotely from the Bay Area, and it turned out to be... I guess, Juggling your other full-time job? Right. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> Juggling my other full-time job, which I was God. I was up until like 2 or 3 in the morning like doing stuff like for them so it didn't like get in the way of my other work and it was really hard to do like i don't i i have so much respect for people that have like multiple jobs to side gigs yeah it's and side gigs and and uh, and all that stuff but i i did enough for them and i guess it was exactly what they were looking for that things kind of progressed and it turned into you know when can i move to to la and 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 work in person and you know devote all my time to it Man. And I was That's more than shift. thrilled to do it because I had been at Twit for at least, I, mean, I think it was six and a half years I was at Twit. Same place. <laughs> it's a really yeah, long time. I think three years is the longest. Right now, I'm with Audible for a little over three years. That's the longest running, like, single wow. job that I've had. Yeah. And so this was, like, more than double that time. And so Dang. I was kind of at the point where I was like, you know, I... I felt like I kind of did what I came to the San Francisco Bay Area to do, which was work for Twit and, um, you know, uh, work in the kind of technology space, that industry, covering that industry, I guess you, you could say. I had done that, and this opportunity came up, and I thought, wow, this is an interesting, kind of an interesting space to get involved with. It's like Hollywood podcasters. You know, yeah, like <laughs> actors that and 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 people in the in the entertainment industry that want to do podcasts. And I thought, wow, and and it's actually really growing fast too. Like, there's a lot of podcasts. Everybody now. wants a podcast. Everyone now. wants a podcast, and uh, there's a lot of, you know, um, you know the 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 Hollywood types that want to do it. So that's awesome. So I um I thought, yeah, this would be great. So didn't take much convincing for us to to move down to L.A. and be a part of that. But I actually wound up. We we moved. Uh, bleh, let me start that again. We wound up moving. <laughs> we wound up moving from the Bay Area to L.A. Uh, in March, and so we've been here for yeah. a few months now. I've been working in person at the the WeWork offices that we've got, um, and uh, it's been really a lot of fun. Like I, I I'm now I'm editing uh, Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. Um, a podcast called Sorry Not Sorry, hosted by Alyssa Milano, and there's like a whole bunch more that we're involved with that we're 
Wow. Just in the works of getting started. And the other exciting part is uh, it's kind of like a new company that we've kind of, that's kind of branched out into all of this. So it's like being part of like from the ground floor, a brand new thing. Yeah. And so that's really exciting too. So wait, are you, I think I have, I've asked you about this before, but I'm trying to picture like how it works. Cause it's, you know, probably small and they've, so they've got you editing, um, do they have other people editing or? So that's, that's how? the thing is like, we've got some people that are kind of also freelance editing and helping us out and stuff. I'm not going to be the only editor for all of these shows that we have planned because there's a ton of them, but um, right. I am going to be You're like, on point for a few. I'm on point, point for a few that I'm going to directly be like editing, but I'm actually like in charge of all of the post-production that we're doing. Oh wow! So, what, what do you mean in charge of? Like you tell someone else what to do, or basically, or yeah. You, so, oh, okay. Once we get all of these people working, because everything's like just kind of getting started. So the shows that we have out, I'm just doing all myself. But like once we get more things actually started and going, then I'll be overseeing that process. That'll be nice. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. And that's that's Split another that thing. Like bit. it's another you know opportunity for growth and everything, which is great. Yeah. Like, so, have you been a manager or director or whatever? Um, not really. Not like this. Um, Usually, with like that many years, of, like seven plus years of experience, that you know, at that point, someone is like you know a manager or like running like a little department or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't get the opportunity to do that where I was before. Some, so. Sometimes, yeah, you just got to move jobs. I've encountered that a lot with, I don't know if it's like a New York thing or like a big city thing mm-hmm. um, because I I think people keep keep specific jobs for longer durations elsewhere, but I don't know. Anyway, from what I see in New York is it's pretty normal to every couple of years you just recycle. You go to a, a new place. Um, right. So like I'm talking about designers. I don't know. If, probably depends on the industry. So, you know, I'll, I'll work for one agency for a few years and you, you know, you, a certain agency has a handful of clients, just like you, you work at uh twit and that means you work on certain types of shows and then you go work at, at this other place. I forgot what, what is it called? Cloud 10 is the name of it. Cloud 10. Okay. Uh, so yeah, and then you go to cloud 10, obviously you have a different roster of people and shows to work on. Yeah. So just like for me, you know, I, I go from one agency, spend a couple years there, and there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I quit. I'm going right. to go to this new agency because I want to, you know, stretch my legs. And sometimes what comes with that is, you know, um, you get promoted from, or not necessarily promoted, but just hired into, like you're a junior at this company, and now you're mid-level at this company, and then you quit and you go to a new place, and you can be a senior person at that other company. So sometimes right, uh, get, getting that promotion and getting that new opportunity comes hand in hand with just leaving and yeah, going and somewhere kind of, else. Actually, there is kind of a, a good benefit to that because um, I was just thinking, like if I were to have been promoted to suddenly be overseeing the people that I was just working side by side with at my at, at Twit per se, mm-hmm. that could have been a little bit weird. Like I'm sure it always is when people oh, get promoted from within. It's like uncomfortable. All of a sudden, the dynamic changes. Maybe you're not able to do the social things you would do with your coworkers anymore because you're not really coworkers. They work under you, and there's this whole other thing. But like moving yeah. to a whole new place where there's just people you didn't know before that are you know you start that working relationship 
Yeah, definitely. And and it's also just, uh, I don't know if it's anyone's fault per se, but I think people can't help. But if they see you on a day-to-day basis, even if you are growing and getting better at whatever you do in your job, your company is just used to you being around and doing what you do. Kind of like... Um, kind of like how uh you might get fatter over time but you you don't necessarily (laughs) you don't necessarily notice it until you see your mom and then your mom tells you my what a gut you have you need to really work out or something yeah (laughs) Uh, it's a it's a a weird example but you know it's not a weird example because uh it's funny you mentioned that because it's like i you know i i have been uh, slowly improving, improving in my skills and everything. Like when I was at Twit, and didn't really recognize it because it happened slowly. It, and, and they every, didn't recognize and it. And maybe they didn't recognize it either because it's just like we we all have kind of progressed over time. And yeah. and so now going to a new place, it actually I was like surprised myself. Like in the same way that you'd see your mom and she says you're fat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's gotten better about it, but she used to give me shit for a while. Did she really? <laughs> <laughs> not not in a bad way but it just like i don't uh, know it's just like a it's a like a sweet like she means well but yeah yeah she's like oh you've got a little belly there and right. i'm like i i'm aware of that yeah you don't need to point it out um but yeah i mean in a good way like you know i've got people that are like yeah. wow it's uh what you're doing is great like it's amazing and i'm i'm like it is like oh, yeah. oh this is cool oh yeah, great business as usual I, yeah okay you're... good well i'm glad i'm you know that this is uh working out that's great um yeah so going to a new job then that's exactly my point is um i don't know some people maybe it's like a previous generation would look at switching jobs or quitting or whatever as like a bad thing like right. oh it's not working out or something like that and i see it as it's it's totally valid i think it's fair and i would recommend it to people to um you know you don't have to like say i'm unhappy and i want to quit but you can just look around and see what places are hiring right now after you've been at your place for a couple of years and um sometimes even just interviewing just as a form of practice and when you interview those people who don't know you they get that fresh perspective of you and sometimes like you're saying they might say hey wow this is he's really good at what he does um and maybe you need to hear that because you don't realize how much you've grown and improved and maybe you could be waiting around like oh i've been here for seven years it's time to get that promotion but it's just not happening right some sometimes that's part of the employee and i also think sometimes it's the boss who they're just used to you doing that stuff and they don't see it as a big improvement because they see you every day. You right. talk to a new company, you know, they get the fresh impression and they think, oh, this guy is like management material or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I mean, maybe it depends on the team and everything too. I don't know. But um, yeah. But yeah. No, it's it, that's interesting. I never really, I didn't even really think of it that way until it was like, oh yeah, you know, you get appreciated in a new way or something than maybe you were before right wow that's great so anyway, anyway i'm i'm happy for you it's this really cool you got this new job and i know you've, you've been telling me off and on as i try to bug you to to get on the podcast and record and you talk about how busy you are and, and sometimes how hard the work is but i'm you know i'm assuming that it's also a good thing because it's you know when you when it's really hard and challenging that means that you're leveling up 
yeah. and eventually it, eventually it won't feel hard and that's because you've gotten a lot better right and that's kind of happened quickly like since i started getting involved with what i've done so far i feel like it started out being like oh man like this is this is almost like more than i can handle or something but but then it quickly became like no it's actually not more than i can handle <laughs> like just had to you know um adjust adjust and flex the <laughs> the working muscle or something and until it strengthened you know yeah so yeah, definitely anyway um what else is i gonna say so what else has been going on oh my gosh uh there's been so you you moved you got a new job yeah so if that's not enough <laughs> um I, around the same time that all of this stuff was developing with cloud 10 i had another entire huge life-changing thing in the works and that has to do with my family. So I'll back way up. I was adopted. <laughs> from the beginning. From the beginning. Here's the. Let me tell you about my life from day one. <laughs> we should have done this in episode one. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> so I was adopted like as an infant pretty soon after I was born. I, I, I keep forgetting the time frame of when it all happened because... I wouldn't remember either. It's really hard to remember <laughs> when you're a baby. <laughs> let's see <laughs> no i mean i've been told about this and i still can't like remember all the you know like but anyway um yeah, yeah so i was adopted when i was a baby and uh i you know i i, I don't think and, and this is the complicated part for me is i, I guess i don't even remember uh how i <sighs> I didn't have any interest to find my birth parents or anything for a quite for a pretty long time. Um, Even as like a, a teenager, off and on something? I would occasionally, but um, so you you knew you knew or when did your parents tell you that you were adopted? Like how another old was one? That? I don't remember. They must have told me young enough that I don't remember when they told me, and they, or they just kept telling me. I don't know how that worked. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, I, <laughs> kept kept reminding <laughs> they you. Kept remind, by the way, you're adopted. <laughs> <laughs> um no but i mean i think it's better than like springing it on you when you're like 20 years old right 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 so i don't I, I guess i wasn't like ready to find them for a long time but there were times in my life where i'd be like oh i'm kind of curious to know but but then like it wouldn't be pressing so much that i would go through all of the effort required to actually get to the bottom of it you know what i mean hmm. so i'd be like yeah. i knew there was a lot of stuff i'd have to go through and I thought like it would involve like petitioning a court or I, I, I had heard all yeah, these things. I had heard all these things of people because it was a closed adoption. But it turns out like every adoption back then was closed, I guess. Um, uh, it's just the way they I can't did think it. Of an ad why, I can't think of when or why you would do an open. Open adoptions adoption? are more common nowadays because but, okay so what does that mean that means that like, like both parents are involved in the child's life at so the child has then, contact with the parents the oh, birth parents okay but then why why are you adopting out your child if you still want to be part of its life right i don't know i i mean i guess i guess yeah, like I it's know. i don't know how involved they are but i mean like there's no there's no re there, it's not kept secret or for it's any like reason. it's it's okay 
if they find you? Like you, you tick the box, say yes, it's okay to tell the child my name. Or yeah, whatever. maybe it's like it's just less. But you're you're not like you know shared custody every Saturday. You go to the park. No, and... I don't think I meant that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't even really know how open adoptions work. To be honest, I just know that it's not. Uh, all the information is out in the open. Let's put it that way. Okay. I don't know if that means it's, it's up to it's up to you if you want to peek or not. Right, and I think actually the birth parents can actually make the decision to be more involved if they want to. Also, maybe hmm. I don't know how. I don't See, know. Don't, I don't quote me. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> I my cousins went through a couple adoption processes, one one messier than another, um, but I think that part of across the board, I think part of an adopt adoption scenario is you you're rel- relinquishing your parental. Right. Rights. You are uh, basically, and and for for the stability of the kid growing up, I I think they want to prevent the the biological parents from you know saying like oh never mind I want him back like right. that could be pretty traumatic so, um, um yeah so anyway uh, I my adoption was closed and so for all I knew like it wasn't going to be a, a, a simple process to get that uncovered you know so i thought like oh man i don't know like maybe at some point in my life i'll be i'll have the time and energy to really devote to to this to figure it out but then more and more time went by and i just kind of knowing that it was going to be an ordeal potentially i just kind of kept putting it off and putting it on like okay well maybe someday but eventually what happened was you know 23andme came out and ancestry dna came out and all these things, and I started hearing stories of people that did these services and instantly found wow. their birth parents or biological siblings they never knew about, or I don't know, some all this crazy stuff that I was finding out. And I thought, hmm, you know, that's um, kind of interesting. Like maybe I'll try these yeah. DNA services and just kind of just uh, see what happens. Just see what happens because if it just if it were that easy, where it just came up with like mother. <laughs> Like oh great, <laughs> I didn't have to do anything. So, so so you were initially interested for that, or were you kind of curious, like for like health records? Like I wonder oh, if I have it. any genetic traits. All of it. I was like I was uh-huh. like thinking, holy crap, I can get really specific data more so than I've had because you know I have some information, but it's not you know I, I didn't have the actual birth relatives to to tell me like all the little details or whatever. I don't know. Right. right. So, um, so I thought, okay, I'll do it. So I did 23 and me and all that came up was like third, fourth cousins and distant, distant stuff. And so Hmm. then I did ancestry DNA and that came up with, um, second cousins and more distant, I think, which was also cool. I was like, oh, okay, then, you know, this is cool hmm. to see. Like, by the way, that in and of itself was kind of amazing because I'm looking at names of people that I'm like biologically related to for the first time ever. I know that se- sounds lame, but it's like, wow, these people are like, before yeah. this, I had like this weird thing where I was like, eh, you know, like you have cousins and whatnot, but yeah, through through your parents not necessarily through biology right not through biology i mean like before that it was like okay all the family that i have i know i'm not blood related to huh. so it's like they're, they're still family i'm not saying like oh well they, they don't count that's not by any means what i'm saying but like it's not they're not part of me you know what i mean right i'm right. not a part of them like from a 
blood standpoint like so yeah so it's it it was different to see like okay these names are actually like you know that the, there's that physical part of it so um so that was cool but then after a while i had you know how like it notifies you you've done have you done any either you've done those right the yeah i did 23 and me okay you you get emails occasionally that say you have new dna relatives new, yeah a new yeah exactly a connection or whatever or someone messages me so right. oh hey we have you know this relationship i'm from this state and you know do you know this person with this last name yeah so i had that happen and i went to ancestry dna and it brought up a first cousin and i was like wow. okay now it's okay now it's close enough where like i i want to see where i can get with this so like i messaged him didn't really get much info and uh what, I, what did you message him i messaged him something do you know my mom <laughs> i i shouldn't have i really wish i hadn't messaged him what i messaged him because i said something like hey so i'm just trying to kind of uh figure out you know put the pieces together because i was adopted do you know of anybody in the family who was i didn't like i was treating it like i because i messaged some second cousins and just dis- more distant that same thing mm-hmm. because like the likelihood that they would Here's what I was thinking with those is like if they knew someone in the family who adopted out a kid but were distant enough that they weren't like it wasn't going to cause any issues because they're like, you know, they're distant enough. Like it's they, right. they might know, but like, oh, yeah, so and so, whatever, but they're not really going to care. But then I realized after I sent this message to a first cousin, I was like, oh, crap, like that. This could cause like a lot of drama. I should Get have been a more careful. personal. So I went to. um it turned out my brother-in-law had been working with a group called Search Angels on Facebook. Search Angels. I think they're on Facebook. I, I don't know if they operate outside of... I know they're on Facebook, though. And um, what their whole mission is is to connect people with their biological relatives that they hadn't found. And he heard about hmm. my thing, about the, the first cousin that came up, and he's like, I'll help you find him. Like, give me the information you have. I bet we could find him. And he seemed pretty confident. Wow. And I was like, holy crap, okay. Um, here's all I've got, all the info I've got. He came back in two days and said, I found your birth parents. Two days? It took like two days once all the information had been given to him. So uh, so he's like, he, he, so <laughs> Vanessa and I sat down with him on FaceTime because he's in New York. He, he and uh-huh. her, 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 and Vanessa's sister, they both were, like, sitting down with us. We're at home. They're there. And um, he showed... Technology. He showed me... I know. It's surprising that it works at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, he showed us pictures of both of them, of my birth mom, my birth dad, and I'm looking at this... It's crazy. I'm looking at these pictures, and I'm thinking, holy shit. This is, like, I can see myself in them like without any doubt like any you know there is the craziest most mind-blowing thing ever wow because i had never seen anybody who i instantly could tell yep that's that they have my face facial features or whatever that's insane so that was crazy and then after i was like wow this is nuts like i think i look more like my birth mom and and they thought i looked like a spitting image of my birth father which i did not see at first but 
regardless, we kind of had our opinion. We're talking about this. And then he goes, there is one more thing uh, I had to bring up, too. And I was like, what? What could it be? Uh, And he goes, well, um, you have a full biological sister also. (laughs) It's crazy. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Fully related. Wait, I jumped over another part. He found out that they're they're married too. So my birth mom and my birth dad are married to each other. Wow. And have a how, full biological sister. How I, often does that happen? That's what I'm saying. This is nuts. So I'm sitting here going, okay, this is this is crazy because actually one of the things that I really really wanted out of this was to find like I was hoping for realistically like half siblings or something like because I've yeah, never, I've been yeah. an only child my whole life too. So this whole thing about siblings is like a totally new thing. So uh so I found out I have a full biological sister. She's 19. Um they had her they they got together like 10 years after they had me. So when they had me, they were like not really in a place to have a kid they're just really young really young didn't really you know think it was a good time and they they gave me up then but then it was like a full 10 years later that they got married so anyway i found this out but then i got i got the information of um you know my birth parents and sister and all this stuff but you know the next step is to like reach out to them you know man that that sounds so awkward and I was like, man, I I don't even know how to do that. And and by the way, I found out about this. This was like late November. It was right around Thanksgiving. And I was like, okay, I can't reach out Family before time. Thanksgiving. I have to wait till after Thanksgiving at least. But not but like very early December at, at the latest because I didn't want it to get too close to Christmas either. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this is horrible. So um, I finally like. A f- I don't. I think it was like a week and a half or two weeks after I found out who they were, crafted an email because the only mm-hmm. and, and by the way the only email address we had for my birth mom was her work email at the college that she teaches at, which oh, wow. by the way I just have to add the same college that Vanessa went to, my wife. Really? So she was in the same building as Vanessa like the whole time that she went there which is crazy to me wow. because they could have walked past each other in the hallway who knows yeah um so all i had was her work email and i f- i crafted this whole email and i ran it by uh my brother-in-law who kind of helps people with this kind of thing and and he kind of had notes on how i should phrase it everything and and so i sent that email out and it was it wasn't the next morning that I heard back. I think it was the day after that, or it was the evening after I sent it out. So you, you finally, it, it was a couple of days, right, of just kind of like being in limbo. So it was a couple of days of, oh man, I don't know, like maybe maybe this isn't going to work out so well. Maybe she, I mean, she might not ever respond. Like what would ever, you know what I mean? And then And then what was going through my mind too was, okay, say my birth mom doesn't respond what do I do about the whole sister thing? Cause I was like, maybe my sister would want to hear from me, but I shouldn't circumvent my birth parents to go mm, right to her. But that, she is, that could cause some drama. It could cause some drama, but she is 19. Like she is technically an adult. Like she should be able to know, like she should have the chance to know about this. You know, like I, I, I wouldn't feel good about this being kept from her though, either. There's this whole yeah. thing that I was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, I'm just going to wait as long as I can. Like, I'll wait and, and see what, if they respond. And sure mm-hmm. enough, like the evening after that, my 
birth mom responded and um it was really positive like she was she she apparently had been waiting for me to reach out to them for a long time she said that in the email <laughs> and you took your time <laughs> <laughs> i know I, which by the way i still feel so bad about it. i'm like wow i'm 34 and i was like finally <laughs> reaching out or i was 33 at the time um so I, I, but, and I wish I had done it sooner. Like I, I guess, and I guess it would have been easier than I thought. Like I, all I would have had to do is call the adoption agency because they put their information in with them the whole time, it turns out. But, um, but then the next thing came that sucked is I had to plan, I had to figure out when to meet them. And I ended up not meeting them at the first opportunity I was back home because Vanessa wasn't going to be with me. So it was actually, we planned right. a special trip <laughs> in February or late January, I think it was that Vanessa and I went back to Michigan to meet both of the, or to meet all three of them, and it was amazing, like just totally amazing. Like uh, my coworkers were all telling me you should have a list. Wasn't awkward? No, that's the thing. Okay, it was great. My coworkers were telling me you should come up with a whole list of questions to ask because, like, it could be awkward. You don't you you want to make sure you get your questions asked, all this stuff. And yeah. I never came up with that list because I'm just not the type of person to do that. But. <laughs> But um, we when we met, like, everything was really natural and really good, and, like, we had a great time. Uh, we, we met at a pizza place in Grand Rapids and then went to their place after, which they live nearby, so that was great. And we were... Which also, just pause for a second. Yeah. Isn't that... I mean, you mentioned that she worked at that college. Isn't it crazy that you basically grew up in the same vicinity yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing I thought. Like, like so, how far was she from your house? I was born uh, about a half hour, 40 minutes, maybe. Wow. Um, I was born in Lansing, Michigan. So I always thought that they were further away, like at least a couple hours away. Yeah. But they've been living in Grand Rapids, like right. I worked in Grand Rapids for a long time. Like, I, mm-hmm. it's insane. So, um, anyway, we, we ended up like hanging out with them until like 1130 at night that night. Um, just like they had baby pictures of me that like wow. I had never seen before. <laughs> so, so, um, their daughter knew, I guess. Cause oh she saw yeah. The... So that's the other thing. Uh, before we met them, I had been messaging, like I, 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 I found out slowly, but surely after the course of a few email exchanges that Jessa, my sister did know about me after all. So I felt okay with friending her on Facebook and sending her messages and all that kind of stuff. And um, and so we were talking on Facebook Messenger, and she said that uh, a funny thing happened. She, four, four or five years ago, so when she was 15 years old, she got a packet. A packet was sent to my birth parents in the mail from an adoption agency. Huh. And she got the mail, and she saw that. And thought for a moment that she was adopted and that her parents had lied to her her whole life. Oh, no. <laughs> and so she got all mad at them and was like, how could you have to, you didn't tell me? And then that's when they had to sit her down and be yeah. like, we didn't want to, you know, we didn't know if we'd ever hear from him, but you have a brother and, you know. Man, that'd be so weird to hear. I remember... Um, <clears throat> You know, when I, f- I found out that my brother is my half-brother, even that, I mean, he, you know, was raised with me and everything, so it's not like he was adopted out, but it was just, um, it was such a weird feeling. Um, also, I think my mom told me on a commercial break from some TV show we were watching. 
Uh, oh, by the way, Ryan's your half brother. Okay, the show's back on. Shut up. <laughs> I don't remember. It was like it was like one of those like um, Hollywood access shows or whatever. Like, the, oh my gosh, the, you know, celebrity drama. I don't remember exactly what was on the TV, but somehow I think it like they were talking about you know someone's long lost adopted kid or whatever, and yeah. then went to commercial. And I don't know what possessed my mother, but she was just like. So when I was in the Peace Corps, and then like she kind of rewound a little bit. You know, that's where my parents met. They met in the Peace Corps, okay, okay. in Paraguay. And she's like, I, um, you know, met another man who was not your father, and and she and so she explains, you know, and so Ryan is your half brother, and I didn't really know how to process it at first. I was like, oh, wow, okay. And then I kind of, I, I think I was just pretty quiet about it. Maybe I mean, I was like in middle school, so I was early teens, I think. But um, I remember later that night going, going to my room and I cried all night because I had this sensation that he wasn't my brother. Oh, no. Or this, this mixture of just like, being light you know also as a teenager when you're in puberty you just amplify all of your emotions so it felt like i was part like angry and betrayed that my parents had kept this major secret from me i felt in a way like there was a death in the family like someone had taken away my brother because i grew up my whole life having having this brother and then all this and then like that he's not my brother anymore Of course, this is, you know, these are just my first emotional reactions. That's not how I feel anymore. Obviously, he's my brother. He's always has been and always will be. And like the the half thing, it makes zero difference at all. But in the moment of like trying to process all of that stuff and being young, it just felt really like, wow, just traumatizing and overwhelming. And it took took me a little while to just kind of like come back to like, well, you know what? It doesn't change anything in terms of my relationship with him. Um, right. Now it's just kind of like, oh, it's an interesting factoid. <laughs> right. Yeah. But when I, but when I found out it was like, oh my God, everything I thought about my family is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, um, yeah. so that's why uh, like, I was kind of like asking you about how you feel about this stuff and, and, you know, like, if you're going to go forward with it and all that stuff, because I felt like, from my point of view, like, even just finding out about the half-brother thing is kind of, like, oof, traumatizing. I mean, I, I guess I'm glad that I know, but also, on the other hand, like, probably wouldn't change anything if I didn't I, I wonder, ever find out. I wonder if it's different for me because it's not, it's not like I found out that one of my family, because well, I've always known I was adopted, so there was no loss right. there That's or good. feeling of loss there. Like, it was always like, okay, this is how... You know, this is how things just mm-hmm. are. Um, you gained something. I gained something. Really? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I think gaining something is easier than feeling like you're losing something, maybe. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And and I, I, and I was hoping, like, because I still don't know fully, like, how my sister really feels about it, other than, like, I heard she was excited about it. And and I mean it's mm-hmm. a good sign that she had my baby picture in her room ever since she found out about me. Huh. Like it's that's really cute. I know it was really yeah. sweet. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's um that's so nice." But um 
but yeah, I, I kind of, and I, I've wanted like that relationship with like a sibling for a long time. So it'll be interesting to see if that kind of develops over time or not. Yeah. It's interesting to see how sibling relationships change over time too. Right. I mean, <clears throat> me and my brother are so different and like, I love him cause he's my brother, but, uh, we, I, we're just very different right now and we were very different when we were younger. And then there was this weird phase. Um, it's like when I was when I was a little kid. I remember I always wanted to hang out with him and and have him play with me and stuff. And because he's ten years older, you know, I'd be eight and he'd be eighteen. And oh like, why gosh. would an eighteen year old want to hang out with me? And so um, I felt like I was always trying to get his attention. And you know, he was so cool, and I wanted him to take me in his car, and he didn't really want to. <laughs> right. But then. In college years, it was perfect because he he was, I don't know, he's just always been a party animal. So I, I could be 20 and he'd be 30 and he would party like a 20-year-old. And so wow. <laughs> you know, I, I'd go hang out with him, you know, in, in Detroit and he had this really cool loft and he, you know, was a DJ and he produced a bunch of techno music and take me to cool parties. And then he moved to Brooklyn and, and I would go out to Brooklyn and, and hang out with him on summer breaks. And, um, after I graduated or the year before I graduated, we spent a couple of weeks on this Island in Spain, uh, just going to clubs all the time. And it was, it was a blast. And so there were these, you know, maybe four or five years where, we were so similar and we just like partied and, and he had all the cool clubs to go to and, and I was old enough to enjoy that. And, right. Uh, and then I guess I just, I'm more of an old soul. I kind of, I just got old really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so like by the time I was like, I don't know, 26 or whatever, I was like, yeah, I don't want to go to a club. That's so loud. And right. You can't have a conversation. And meanwhile, Ryan was kind of still doing that. Um, and now he's, he's not a, partier anymore but um i think just kind of like the the planets you know that just like they're orbiting and sometimes they align yeah and uh and anyway so you know we're we're still you know we're we're fine but we're not like cool friends like we were during those few years right so anyway i don't know that was some tangent about sibling relationships so long story <laughs> short yeah <laughs> to get back on topic <laughs> yeah um yeah anyway yeah so I, I guess i'm just kind of hoping that maybe something because i mean i know she's a lot younger than me so that's yeah being 19 oh that, that i guess that's what i'm saying is yeah. like it, it's cool that you know you you guys have found each other but don't put you know too much pressure on it because right uh you you have these these cycles and maybe she will hit a certain age where you guys vibe more than you currently do or Maybe you just need to talk more. I think, well, I think it starts with just having to talk more because we haven't really talked yeah. a lot. Like every now and then we'll send messages and stuff. Like she'll, she'll, send, <laughs> she'll send me like random things on Facebook that she finds amusing or something. Uh, they have to do with birds, which by the way, she didn't send me this, but I discovered it uh, just today. There is a pigeon simulator game that I'm going to be all over. <laughs> you can be a pigeon. Oh, wow. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. It's like Goat Simulator. You know, it looks like, I think it's from the same yeah, people yeah. as Goat Simulator. You Probably. Pigeon. They're like, this is the next next target animal. Yes, and I'm so excited because I love pigeons, but that's another. Yeah. Which, by the way, still have to set it up. I have the URL, bitchinpigeons.com. <laughs> bitchinpigeons. Bitchinpigeons. And I'm going to put bitchin pictures of pigeons up. One do after it. another after another. Yeah, I'm totally going to do it. 
be a great blog. I know. So, so that is where you've been this whole time. (laughs) That's where (laughs) I've been. I've been dealing with the job thing and dealing with the family thing. And, uh, and, and there's just so much like mostly the job thing, I think, but the family thing's been happening concurrently. And, um, I was just thinking, man, it's just crazy that all this life stuff just happened at the same time. I really didn't try for that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, too. Like, at this age, I... Not that I was hoping, but I guess just kind of assuming things settle down, you know? The, yeah. the phrase, you know, you get married and you settle down. And um, I feel like I'm going through so much uncertainty right now with, like, where we're going to live and all this. It's really... Uh, it's so stressful. Yeah, um, yeah. Because Mary, um, yeah, I don't remember how much I've talked to you about all the, the tests that she has to do in med school. But she she finished the second year of school. And in, in med school, the out of the four years, the first two years are like the academics, you know, like where you're watching lectures. Um, in, in her case, it's not in person. So you're watching lectures and and learning sort of the academic parts of it. Um, Year one is kind of how the body works and how all the systems work together and everything Mm -hmm. um, and and what it needs in order to work. And then year two is how everything goes wrong (laughs) and (laughs) the the countless ways that the body, you know, gets cancer, gets, you know, heart disease and all these other problems and just the million ways it can break. Um, it's kind of funny going back to the, to the bird story of, you know, it really is, it's amazing seriously that we still can function from day to day because everything I see her learning about is just like, wow, there are countless ways we could, if not die, just get sick pretty easily. Um, but we have pretty good self healing systems. Do you ever think about, do you ever think about how like. When you're playing, like, because I, you know, I play video games on occasion. Not, not as so I go through spurts with that, but like, yeah. I'll play video games and I will die so quickly in the game, and then I just kind of think to myself, like, God, if I can't even make it through, like, <laughs> you know, some basic stuff on a video game, how am I living this long in real life? Like, <laughs> like, so, so sometimes, so many ways you could die. Like, how am I doing this? <laughs> well, do you ever play a video game and? And you, and when you die, you think like, what if that was that character's complete story? <laughs> like, um, so I got the, I'll, I'll get back to the med school stuff in a minute, but I got the Nintendo switch in December yeah. and, um, I've been loving it. And on, I think Mike's and, and Nick's recommendation, I've been playing Zelda game, the new one, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I love that game uh, because I loved, I loved the Zelda game on N64 and I'm loving this one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was so f- for people who you know don't play it, this may not make too much sense. But you know, in the beginning of the game, you um, you kind of wake up from a hundred year sleep. You've been put in like this sleep pod, and you wake up in this temple, and you have this kind of strange little gadget. And in in the very early stages of this game, you're kind of like learning how to use it, and like you find like a twig, and you learn how the basic attack functions and all that, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then, you know, you encounter like your first monster or whatever, and eventually it kills you because you only have like two hearts. Right. And then, <laughs> and just imagine like, what if that was like the conclusion of the story? It's like yeah. they're, they're, they're fighting this bad guy, Ganon, and then like uh, Link, the hero, gets put to sleep somehow. I'll, I'll probably find that out later in the game, but 
for a hundred years he's slept and then he wakes back up to to you know finally defeat this evil character and he like walks into the forest and some random goblin just kills him yeah <laughs> end of the story <laughs> And the world the world falls into demise because he got killed by a basic goblin. How funny would it be if there was a movie and it just ended there? <laughs> like it ended, just ended with, there. That's it. Yeah, like, but then the main character just dies from like gets hit by a bus or something. And then, yeah, like, yeah. On the Bat- Batman's going his in his Batmobile and he like runs into a building and it blows up. Batman's dead. Yeah, and, the then, and then the movie ends with like, well, that's life. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Uh, yep. Uh. So anyway, with um, that's that's kind of the the first two years of medical school, which is where Mary's at now. She just finished her second year, which uh, it has it's got. I mean, medical school is hard. I don't know how else to say it. it, it all she does is study. So I feel like right now, I'm just like waiting for her to finish med school so we can resume our normal relationship. I mean, that sounds really negative. No, obviously I, we that makes sense. I think we, it, we have we have a relationship and we you know once we'll go to the movies and stuff and i see her every day but like in some sense it feels like things are on pause because she's yeah. just so busy with school and um it's not like when we were dating before she started school where i would come home from work and she'd be like oh what do you want to do tonight and we could go out and we could do things and you know have dinner together and, and whatnot and now it's kind of like, uh, you know, I come home and I make dinner for the both of us. She'll take a little break and we'll watch like an episode of Jeopardy while we eat. And then she goes back to work and then I just kind of do laundry or play some video games or whatever. I'm kind of on my own for the rest of the night. Right. Um, so that's been kind of difficult. But uh, the reason I brought this up is we're planning to move to Philadelphia. That's where her school is. Uh, for the third year, you work in the hospitals. So the first two were academics, and the second two are like in person working in a hospital with doctors and residents and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the school being in Philadelphia, we figured we'll have to go to Philadelphia for her to work there. And um, fortunately, my boss is going to let me work remotely, and I just have to come in like once a week. And uh, so I was kind of excited about working remotely, but. Um, we found out now that she's not going to be placed in Philadelphia. They've got connections to other hospitals throughout Pennsylvania. So some some of it could be in Pittsburgh, which, just for your reference, is about a five-hour drive west of Philadelphia or like eight hours of from where I am right now in Brooklyn. Um, and there's other small towns throughout Pennsylvania. And what you do is like... Um, you have these little blocks where you're spending like two months at this hospital learning about, um, you know, cardiology. And then you have two months, maybe on the opposite side of the state, working with this doctor, learning about like pregnancy and how to deliver babies. And, and it goes like that on and on throughout the year for like a couple of months at a time, which would be fine if you're like 23 and single, which is most of these med school kids. Yeah. But you know, Mary went into this late, and um, it's great that she's following her dreams, and it just kind of sucks that she's doing it a little bit later. But she's, you know, 31 and married and has two cats. And oh, she's married? Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got our homes. 
<laughs> we've, got, we've got this this home set up. We have our little family going on. Yeah. And um. And so I was a little worried about moving, um, and kind of like pretty much being on my own because I'll be working from home. I'll be at home all day long by myself while she's at the hospital. Um, and being in a different state, I won't even have any friends to like hang out with. Like Mike is in Brooklyn. I don't see him as, as much as, as I should, but uh, you know, at least, at least he's there. We can hang out. And so it's getting even worse because it's not even Philadelphia, which at least is like a city. It's, it's a nice city. It's small, Mm -hmm. whatever to, we're going to be living in the middle of nowhere She's going to be working all day. I'm going to be at home all day. I don't have any friends. So I'm just like, man, what is next year going to be? I don't. Right. <sighs> oh, and if she's moving different cities every couple of months, um, I don't know where we're like, I guess we'll rent a super cheap apartment and then maybe we'll Airbnb like a, a second apartment. I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, you'll figure it out. Yeah. That's where I'm at lately. Not settled down. <laughs> Unsettled. <laughs> but kind of settled, though, at the same time. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've got, like, a routine. I mean, you're you're settled, like, in the sense that you're, you know, married and have your two cats and stuff. Like, it's like you're, uh, I don't know how to explain it. But, yeah, I kind of get what you mean, though. It's like. Yeah, I guess uh, settled in the, the nuclear family sense, but. Um, I feel like it's gonna, you know, kind of like when you go to a new city, um, maybe you're finding this with LA, you kind of put down roots and you have your regular coffee shop, your, uh, friends in the area that you start to hang out with and, you know, have brunch with. There you go. So (laughs) (laughs) the, uh, the thing I'm worried about is I'm not going to have any of that social connection. Um, and if Mary, you know, is my primary social connection and she's going to be at work all day and then exhausted when she comes home, I'm, you know, you know what you should don't do know what that's going to be like, you know, what always helps me acclimate to a new location is to huh. try contact lenses again and then just go to my optometrist <laughs> office every day and just make <laughs> friends with them and just hang out there. Just that's apparently really what I like to do now. <laughs> Uh, so they they know you very well They're like oh shit this guy's back they yeah i I was hoping that i'd have another chance to start a fresh start a new and be a normal customer but there's no way in hell Uh, that's happening like i am now a crazy person that when the apple store bans you just try the optometrist yeah yeah (laughs) there's too many people that work at the apple store Uh, optometrist office there's like a handful of people they all know you and uh, they can't stand me, but you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I'm actually making progress with on that front. Finally, you got a new microphone. I've got new contact lenses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, to- totally unrelated, but and maybe this is a another podcast <coughs> topic in general. But I, I think we were talking about this a while ago, and I was curious: Do you read any books? Because I talk about books with, like, Nick or Mike, and I'm like, wait, Josh never mentions a book. No, I never read books. Wow, what is that like? <laughs> it's like when I was a teenager, I, I was in the car with my parents, and they're listening to NPR, and 
you know, I'm always listening to music on the iPod or whatever and or in the uh, in the car if I can control it. But then I, I asked my dad, I was like, wait, do you ever listen to music in the car? And he said, no. And it right. just blew my mind. I'm like, wait, you just don't listen. How do you exist not listening to music? Yeah. And, you know, now where I'm at, I listen to lots of podcasts and audiobooks. So um, I sometimes I do listen to a lot less music, but... It's not that I don't like it's books. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things with it. First of all, I don't like novels really. Like well, I, you I, just said, you don't don't like books. No, no, no. So I. You, but if I don't like book, I I if I do read a book, it's usually <clears throat> like a biology or like or biology, a biography, <laughs> <laughs> biology. Yeah, yeah. My brain is starting to fry because um, <laughs> of the heat in Southern California. Um, oh man. No, a biography or a true story of some kind. Like I don't like reading novels where they like just describe like, you know, you you prefer nonfiction learning something. Yeah. 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 Something like like that. Like tell me like a real thing that happened or something, but, but like, um, so there's that, but, and then the other thing is I just don't, they just seem so time consuming. And I, I don't know if it's like the way that I like read is just like, so I, I zone out so badly when I read, that like yeah. I have to go back and read like the previous two sentences over again. Like I, I, I it's like I have to, you know what I, I <clears throat> you yeah, remember yeah. with CDs when you used to rip CDs and the, the, there's like the setting where it would like do error correction. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do in my head with reading. I have to go back. <laughs> it takes me twice as long because I have to go back and do error correction about what I yeah. just read. Like, did I actually get that right? Like. I run into that a lot. I, I, I'll read something, then I kind of like space out on a tangent, and then I need to reread it again. Yeah. And then the other the other thing that's my pitfall is when I'm when I'm reading like a physical book is I just fall asleep. Like I don't yeah. last more than a couple pages. It just puts me to sleep. And I I actually kind of attribute it to like when I was in school, every time like reading was always homework, and I. I hated homework. Mm. I just got, I, I got to a point where I was just like, I just don't want to do home. I don't want to come home from school. You didn't school. have any fun books like, like Harry Potter? No, I never, I, I didn't want to, books weren't fun because all the things I was reading was like not fun. So I. Well, yeah, but you find some, you know, for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just never got into the books really. And and I, I, I don't like, now I think, um, you know, storytelling has evolved so much in other forms, like TV shows, for instance, are so captivating yeah. now. I don't think they used to be this full of like in, rich a lot and longer full. form and a lot yeah. and, and getting into so much more detail and being longer form and stuff. And it just like that kind of amazes me how how that's progressed yeah. but i still like i mean bu- i like but it's not that i don't i don't know the books are a very complicated subject for me <laughs> <laughs> which uh, w- was what i'm curious about like i agree storytelling has evolved but it's it's a it's a type of thing where it's like because it has evolved and um new things are happening like with with streaming content now you know theoretically you could have a 10 hour movie and you mm-hmm. just chop it up into episodes yeah. and it all, it all, you know, like stranger things or whatever. If you binge it all, it's just like one long movie. You, you would never do that in the past. So that's definitely new and it's engaging. Um, but I don't think that takes away any of the, the goodness or interest of a book. No, I don't think it takes it away. I just think like it gives more, 
of an option, then you have more places to find an interesting story. Sure. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Where like maybe at one point, like it, until, I mean, obviously, like since TV and 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 film and all that, like there's been, there, it's not like this is brand new, but I mean, like <laughs> it's it's getting more. The, the TV shows, I think, are more of what's interesting because of the binging a whole series at once or like you can they can get yeah. more detailed and more gritty in TV shows. Right. Well, than they so used to, to make to make a counter argument, I think that is also why books are really interesting or at least um audiobooks are great too because so I you know, I fall asleep a lot on books and I reread stuff a lot. I'm a slow reader and I feel like finding audiobooks has really changed reading for me because I was already listening to podcasts and stuff like while I'm on the train and my right. hands are full or if you're driving, um, it's, it's interesting to put on some good podcasts. Um, but, uh, so you can do the same thing with an audiobook. but I, I think that like, you know, with, with TV, it's so engrossing and it's, it, the episodes are getting longer and all that. I think, you come back to a book and you get exactly that from a book. Like there's, you can get a really cool like sci-fi novel, 45 hours long. And I mean, you, you listen to it one hour at a time, just like an episode on a podcast or whatever. And, um, because it's so long, because it's this rich full book, you, you do get more detail. And the, the one thing I find, at least with fiction, maybe you don't see this if you're doing like a biography, but you get more inner uh, reflection, more inner monologue type of stuff. So mm. a character is moving through a world and a character will say certain things in a book, but you also have what the character is thinking and feeling. Right. Then you go to a, a TV show and you get the action and you, and you get the dialogue, but you don't get what the character's thinking. Of course, the actor does a good job, hopefully, right. portraying some of that stuff, but the the book is always kind of like, you know, like if you read Harry Potter and then you watch the Harry Potter movies, both are very fun, but you get an extra little layer of insight into like Harry's point of view um, that you don't get when you're watching the movie. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, it makes sense. I've, I've, I've you know, yeah. I, I've... I'm familiar with the arguments for 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 books, and it makes sense <laughs> to me. Okay, it totally makes sense to me. But it's also like I, it just seems like it's just it feels like work to read books. Like that's the problem yeah. that I have. And maybe audiobooks would help that. I think they definitely would. And I've I've dabbled into that a little bit, and I could probably turn to it a little more often and not forget they're there. But I've been in so into podcasts. Yeah, that, uh, it's just a time thing. I think that's basically what it comes down to is a time thing. It's like how much time do I have left to do things that I would want to do? You know, I don't yeah. know. And I mean, that's why podcasts and and Audible are you know booming businesses. Uh, well, right. At least Audible is. I don't know about podcasts. Is right. that um, they're able to tap into time that you otherwise wouldn't be able to spend. I can wash my dishes or carry my laundry downstairs. Uh, while I'm listening to a book, um, a TV show, um, you know, their ad time and all that stuff, they can't capture that because I'm too busy to look at the TV, right? you know, doing dishes or whatever. Um, so that's, that's kind of a, a good way to recapture that time. Um, so I think, you know, if you listen to podcasts, you could like an audiobook. One One advice I would give 
some people um, say that they tried audiobooks, but they couldn't focus on it. And I would say I've done that too, is to not worry about it, especially if it's nonfiction. If you're learning something, like I, you know, sometimes I listen to like some sort of book about science or uh, this interesting book about trees. I know it doesn't sound interesting, <laughs> but it was. And um, and the cool thing about about science or nonfiction is it doesn't matter if you tune out. You're not missing anything in the story. It, the, and, and on the plus side, the narrator keeps reading through that paragraph and you just, you tune back in whenever you feel like tuning back in. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. And the book, if I were reading that book on paper, I would just never be able to finish the book. Because right. I'd get to a certain, I'd get to a certain boring part, and I'd be like, "Oh, this is so boring." I'll read it later, and You'd it sits it by my away. bed for like a year. Yeah, it wouldn't keep going. It, that's that's that's. I think the problem it, is more exactly passive, the audiobook powers through the more passive experience versus the, um, direct. You know, like you're engaged yeah, yeah, yeah. in it because, like, when you're not reading, when you're just listening to something, you're not, you're you're taking it in more passively. Like you could check out for a moment but it's still going, it's still there, and you'll get back into it. Like, maybe you're only checking out for, like, a sentence, really. But if you're reading and you're checking out for a sentence... you got to read it over again. You're going to read it over you, again. you got to maintain gonna your it, interest. Yeah, you're going to put it down. Or we, There's a lot of opportunities where you can, yeah. That makes sense. That does. Yeah. So, I don't know. That didn't, I didn't mean that to turn into, like, a long ad for my company. <laughs> but <laughs> No, that's how we I end guess, every podcast. Uh, uh, you just... I just uh, yeah, I think it'd be good to like you know we we could talk about an interesting book that we've read and then I yeah. realized you don't read so. <laughs> well, now you just make me sound uneducated. <laughs> so Josh is illiterate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like uh, I, I I can make a Game of Thrones reference. I'm like Davos, uh, Sir Davos, and Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't I'm trying really hard, but yeah. it's just language oh, is difficult. See, we. we we could have discussed Game of Thrones. So many missed opportunities. I know while, there are while you were out. I gotta do better with this. This is uh, this is good. Yeah. Well, we can we can cut it off here. I think we've got yep a good amount of material. But um, yeah, let's let's check in again sometime. Yeah, we should do that. Well, whenever's good for you. I'm just you know. You're just constantly there in front of that microphone. Just constantly <laughs> just sitting there. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> Ready to podcast? Anybody want a podcast? I'm here to podcast. Want a podcast? I got a po- I got a microphone. <laughs> Have a microphone. We'll podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm almost done editing this episode with Todd Hayen. Um, I realized that I was really close to my microphone in that, and you could hear every inhale that I did. <gasps> Like I would say a lot, and then I go, <laughs> and so then I did this, and, and I was like, "Man, what is wrong with me?" So I, I went through and I've clipped every inhale that oh I took. Oh my god! <laughs> so that sounds like like what the notes that I get for um, cut all the ums, and every time she stutters, and every like little, and it's like, oh my god, that makes it so much longer <laughs> to to yeah. edit because like she'll she'll frequently like. And I do it too. I think everybody does it. She like starts to say something, but then say the word again. She like so, so I you know like cut one of right. the sows. Like that yeah. kind of. I have to really listen for that because yeah. 
And that's that's what I do. That's the type of dedication I put into our podcast. Wow. Well, you don't have to cutting do that. all of those repetitions. You don't but, have to. But do I that. do for for Mike and Nick, <laughs> Jeff now, and anyone else in our. Uh, um, I forgot what the bots' names were in our Telegram chat. <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. I don't even hear it. Like when I'm listening, I don't even n- notice that stuff. Huh. Like the the. I mean, since I'm editing it, you know, I'm like checking like the the quality and background noise and stuff. Then I mm-hmm. guess I stumble upon those things. And I only notice it bothers these... me, so I have to fix it. I only notice these things when I'm playing something back in front of someone else, like something that I've edited, and somebody's right there listening to it. I'll be like, "Yeah, I better fix that. I better, yeah, I better fix that too." <laughs> but if it's just me, I'm like, "Oh, it sounds pretty good." Like <laughs> it's like it's like I get I get way more self conscious about everything I've done in editing when someone else is, is like sitting next to me listening to it with me wow sounds pretty good coming from the guy who has returned i don't know how many iphones macbooks right well that's what's <laughs> like weird it, I think, attention to detail no but i think um it, it is attention to detail but it's there's you should something be a video about, editor <laughs> <laughs> there's something about like um the natural human speaking like voice you're, you're okay with being normal and relaxed and i like natural unvarnished. sound I, yeah i like the natural sound of you know it, it, like me taking a little bit long to figure out what i'm thinking next like yeah yeah that is kind of uh it, it has kind of a charm to it you ever hear an, an interview with do you do you listen to conan's podcast at all yeah Jeff Goldblum, did you hear that episode? Yes. Oh my God, that that's what great. I'm talking about. Like, that's the best yeah. example of somebody who just uses his natural kind of cadence and pauses to think of something that he's going to say, and he kind of speeds up and slows down. Like, it's like a jazz performance. Like, yeah, I love that guy. I mean, and I think that's fine too. So, like, you know, this episode that I'm editing, I do leave in some of that stuff. But the inhales, I don't know, it just seems almost gross to well, we, me because that like makes right up in there. That I understand. Yeah. There's actually a plug-in that I have now that can, you just apply it and it reduces oh, wow. breath sounds and stuff. Like it, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it's so crazy after doing it for like three hours. I now can look at the waveform and I can see what is a word and what is a breath. Yeah, it's like the matrix, right? <laughs> you just look at yeah. it and you can see... Ooh. I, I almost wish yeah. I could understand what's being said from like the waveforms. Like, oh, that's an and. That's a <laughs> yeah. Um, It'd be cool if they had um, the, like captions across the screen. Yeah, I've got this app. Um, this app called Otter, and it's oh. pretty cool. Um, it does it does voice memos, but it um, it live transcribes what's being said. Oh, interesting. Like okay. like when you're talking to Siri, you know, and and it transcribes the words on on the screen, but. Um, it does. Uh, it does a first pass uh, in real time, and mm-hmm. then when you hit stop, it sends it to the cloud, and it crunches it with their supercomputers and uh, wow. gives you a more accurate version. That's amazing. And if you're, in, let's say you're in a room with like four people, uh, it knows when it's a different voice, and it'll put like a little blank icon, and you can tap on it and say, "Oh, that was Josh." Right. And you could tap on me and say that was Rob, and then every other thing you say in the future, it says, "Oh, th- Josh said this." Yeah. Bob said this. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I uh, know why is Oh yeah, the waveform. But but anyway, no, I mean but I we example, we did have one of our freelance editors tackle one of our pilot shows that we're planning on doing and they did a couple uh-huh. of episodes and they took out 
every breath and every space even like between words and it sounded so bad it sounded like that's weird everything was all just super fast and like two run together it was like if you use one of those apps that that reduces the silences yeah yeah like overcast yeah like overcast does it's like they edited it that way Wow. And they thought it was See, good. Uh, and I was yeah. like, no, don't no. go that far. That People go overboard sometimes because they think like, I oh, know. every breath is bad and every pause is bad. And it's like, no, it's sometimes it's part of it. You have to kind of like yeah, know yeah. what you're doing. But I understand. So I, I'm like, I'm silencing the breaths that I take. So in, in instead of saying, and then, and then okay. I, it's just silence. So you're saying, and then, and then. That makes sense. If anything, I sound more thoughtful and pensive. Right. Right. Oh, no, I mean that's I not take bad. Some time between my words. That's not yeah. bad. But have I, you have you seen those um those uh art historian like the bad uh painting restorations? No. <laughs> what cuz th- that's like a visual <laughs> example of what you're talking about. I'll um I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. Let's <laughs> see. Um bad just google like bad art restoration okay what bad do i get here? art restoration <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so it's it's like it's like you know this person like they get in really close and they and they're like oh i'll just change i've done this in photoshop too like i'll just change this pixel and then I'll change this pixel next to it. And then you zoom back out and you're like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that way, sometimes you can over edit. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and these are like medieval paintings. Like they've just ruined... <laughs> A one-of-a-kind painting. Wait, so they, that's the only copy that they ruined? <laughs> yes, that's the original. When when you're doing restoration, you're like removing the oil and stuff thank from God. an old painting. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God they have a picture of it before. I mean, they took a picture of it, I'm sure. That's what I mean. But the painting itself has been ruined. <laughs> I know, but thank God they took a picture of it at least before oh, they did it. Yeah. So we can see what it looked like. In, in in the art gallery, they'll just put the little picture. This is what it was before. Oh my gosh, this one looks like uh, a Simpsons character. I know. And then this one, oh, oh it's not, God. that one doesn't look as bad, but oh my God. That's so, so funny. Yeah. You don't want to go overboard. This one is the one. Oh, I can't just send it to you. Um, no, no. Because I'm not. I, I can't over mess- messages. The, this one of, um, of uh, I think it's of Jesus. Hang on. They're all of Jesus. Are they? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. I'm going to go to Telegram. Hang on. This is the funniest one. This is the one that's got me laughing so hard. Uh, can I just drag it over? Yeah, I think so. Just drag and drop. It works. Um, Damn it. Hang on. Dang it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that that is like the most famous. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. It's so bad. (laughs) He he doesn't even have a beard anymore. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, are you familiar with um, you're familiar with Reddit, right? 
Yes, I'm familiar with Reddit. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many It's people, not like I don't read. You'd be surprised at how many people I talk to who don't know about Reddit, really. Well, there's some... Um, okay, well, to, to be honest, I didn't use Reddit for a long time because uh-huh. I was anno- I didn't. I was annoyed at how it worked. Every time I clicked on an interesting headline, I wanted to see, like, the thread about it, but clicking on the headline takes you to the source. Takes you to the source. And um, so it's like every time I'm leaving the website. But anyway, I figured out how to use Reddit now. Well... I like the the like really niche subreddits on it because yeah there's an optometry subreddit and I because I've been having <laughs> oh so God. many I have so many questions all the time that I, I can't like go constantly ask my uh, optometrist these things so um I've been asking on the optometry subreddit and I got a couple of replies from my post earlier <laughs> uh huh um. Who say 0.75 diopter astigmatism is a, is the point at which some may prefer toric contact lenses and their side effects. Some may be perfectly fine in spheres. Most wouldn't bother treating anything less than 0.75 with a toric soft lens. That's what I had before. That's what I dealt with before. Okay. And the most and most would definitely push their 1D astigmatism patients towards some form of correction for astigmatism. I personally was one of those 0.75 astigmatism patients. I couldn't tolerate toric soft contact lenses, and spheres were giving me headaches. I ultimately sought a different method of correction. Interesting. Hmm. Um, Not too interesting, but... <laughs> it's super interesting <laughs> to me. <laughs> I am so interested. Oh, I got to see this <laughs> you just sent me. Holy shit! <laughs> Is that for real? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were they thinking? Uh, oh my god. 15th century statue. Oh Fucked my up forever. God. <laughs> 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 oh my god. I wonder like did they just what do they do with this after the got fucked up is it still <laughs> is it still on display? <laughs> I don't know. Did they throw it away? or <laughs> Like, oh, this is trash now. <laughs> museum of fucked up art. <laughs> oh, my God. I would go to that. There should be a museum. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> there should be. <laughs> oh, man. A museum of fucked up art. I bet so many people uh, would go. Or, or just it would be cool to see, like, also, like, the shitty, like, first drafts of famous artists. Yes. Yeah. Like, like here's Picasso trying to draw his mom, and it's just like a <laughs> shitty stick figure. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Um, I would go to a museum of fucked up art, though, like bad r- restorations. <laughs> if there was a museum of just this, that would be my oh, favorite man. museum in the entire world. It really that would be. That would be great. Um, All right, well, now, now that we've trailed off on this, I'm going to uh, stop the recording. Okay, yeah, let's stop at the same time, so at least the stopping point can be the same. You ready? Okay. One, three. Or should we do a <laughs> clap or? I, no, let's just. We do, didn't do that either. Let's just do okay. three, two, one. Stop.